0: Connection Through Conversation Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational and always entertaining on Stacey Connects
1: Hey everybody, or should I say buongiorno I am Stacy Heller and welcome to Stacy Connects. So I'm back one week off, and my show is hijacked by JD and Bruce. I'll address that in a little bit. Uh, but meanwhile, a reminder for those of you maybe listening for the first time is Stacy Connects is a show about making connections through conversation. Today, my conversation will be with myself and Eric, of course, uh, about asking questions instead of making assumptions and about engaging with the elephant in any room. So thanks, of course, for listening. If you like the show, show it by subscribing, rating, and leaving a comment wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also listen to Don't Ask Me To Talk, my show with Eric Ryder. That is uh, live on Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. on 880 Kixie or... You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And a reminder you can follow my Instagram account, Stacy Talks, for updates. Eventually, I will actually provide those updates. But in the meantime, go ahead and follow. We'll all be surprised when I actually post again. Uh, to call in live to the show, call 425 373 5527. Otherwise, feel free to text. Or leave a voicemail at 475-999-2726. So, as I mentioned, I do not have a guest today. Normally, when I don't have a guest, it's because something has happened. There's been some crazy scheduling mishap and I've got a vamp, vamp, vamp. This time, it was a strategic move because just coming back from Italy, I felt like I would have stories to tell. And so my whole show is essentially going to be conversations and observations from the past week. That said, um, I do want to have two different follow-ups. Um, but before I do that, I do want to say hi to mom and hi, Lee, and hi, Diane, and all of her buddies. I think, Eric, I'm up to 12 of listeners now with – mom and all of the various people that she proudly shares the show with
0: you know it's all about word of mouth right so to her we say prego
1: exactly <laughs> so mom that see means- i
0: even though i didn't go to italy i, I feel <laughs> like uh, i can get in on that fun as well you <laughs> Me know yeah.
1: um okay so as i said um most of my show today is going to be about the trip not because i'm rubbing it in but because i want to share some of the uh the highlights of the trip and uh because you know
0: who's really rubbing it in is that rick steves Uh. (laughs) (laughs) we get it you're having a great time in europe come on
1: exactly like here's the deal i'm going to give you my version my narration of what traveling with stacy is like and i will tell you what it ain't pretty sometimes so um okay first thing that i want to talk about I got a text from my friend Kathleen yesterday morning, and I guess she watches GMA, Good Morning America. And she was, uh, she texted me to tell me about an upcoming segment that was going to be airing shortly about how Boston police are warning women yet again about the rash of drink spiking that is happening in and around Boston. So, naturally, given the show that I did with Grace from a few weeks ago called This Girl Walks Into a Bar, Uh, I thought that that was a really interesting thing. I couldn't listen to it live because I was bleary eyed with uh, jet lag, but thank God for the internet. You can go and find it. Um, So it's, it's a little long, but Eric, I think you have a segment to play.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll play a quick clip from that.
1: I woke up at 6.30 in the morning and I had no idea what had happened. I didn't know where I was. This morning, Boston police issuing another safety warning after more women came forward alleging their drinks were spiked with dangerous drugs. In June, Sarah Solomon says she attended a concert with friends. After a third round of drinks at the venue's bar, she says her memory of the night goes dark. I couldn't stand up. I basically had to sit on the sidewalk, and then I just started getting sick, like, uncontrollably. So, uh, a few things. I watched the entire segment. And so, in no particular order, uh, here's here's my thoughts. One, I never watch Good Morning America. It's on in the morning, and I'm not a morning person. And uh, And no disrespect, however, they touted this as their lead story which to me was interesting because it shows the uh, apparently our ability to focus on anything because their lead story clocked in at under three minutes. So, you know, those hard-hitting news stories and their commitment to telling them seems a little short, but that's okay. Um, that's just an observation. The, uh, in the segment, they talked about a Facebook group that was started – Hopefully I got her name right, uh, by Melanie Hubbard. And good for you, Melanie. She started a Facebook group that is mentioned in the segment. It's called Booze in Boston. Uh, Hey, Melanie, I have one thought. Maybe change the name because uh, I think that the women and men, frankly, that are impacted by these situations are not necessarily boozy. So um, Booze in Boston feels like it's like, hey, I'm boozing in Boston, um, versus really what's going on, which is I've been compromised in the commons or like um I don't know, something. Um but anyway, good for her for creating a Facebook group and now
0: Maybe she's just trying to create general awareness of the drinking public in Boston rather than specifically this is drilled down for just people that have been victims.
1: Actually, this is a group for people that have been victims. Okay. And, but I'm saying with, uh, yes.
0: with the people that she's trying to get to join. And, Absolutely. I mean, maybe there's some thinking to that beyond uh, just you know, what the two seconds in the uh, report Well, and that's
1: that's the frustrating thing. I am, I. you know, maybe I will reach out and see if Melanie wants to be a guest on the show, not that I'm now going to become like Diane Sawyer myself and I'm some (laughs) hard-hitting newswoman. Um, So I would be curious about it. And I agree, like, you know, calling it something sinister doesn't exactly make people want to join. And so um, I'm sure that there's some thought behind that. So then the thing that was interesting is uh, the gal that we hear in the clip talking about her experience. It was so eerily like what Grace described. Mm -hmm. And that just sort of got a fresh batch of rage going for me all over again. I feel like I'm having like post-traumatic rage disorder or something because at the time that I got the text from Grace the next morning saying, hey, by the way, headed to the emergency room because my drink was drugged last night and I want to make sure I'm not concussed. You're sort of in react mode and uh, versus act mode. And so hearing this woman who was brave enough to share her experience, um, it just, it was so interesting how like Grace's it was. Now, my... My one wish, and again, I suspect that this gal was interviewed for a long period of time. And when you, the reason that I bring up the three-minute segment is that when you have to condense everything down to a three-minute segment, there's a lot that is left out. And it shows how editing is done. Because my one wish is the gal that shares her story makes a comment about how, you know, later in the segment about how she just turned 40 um, and she's not a college kid or a party animal now she meant nothing by that the point that she's making is that by the way this is impacting everyone this is impacting another person on the Facebook page talked about how uh you know it was her son that was impacted because probably the drugs meant for the girlfriend um. They had spilled, like, the one drink, and so she went off to the bathroom to clean it up. He ended up drinking because it was the same drinks that they had. He got another one. He drank hers. He's the one that ended up on the floor and a mess. And so, you know, so she's not meaning anything. However, as the mother of a 20-something that this happened to, I'm like, okay, everybody, let's not perpetuate the narrative that younger women are somehow because they're not as uh because they are in college or post-college um, but still young that somehow they're
0: they're not at fault for this at all
1: nobody is at fault
0: well I mean the and people the, that are, are uh, you know poisoning the drinks are at right fault for sure right and none so, of the victims are at fault totally yeah. not
1: and so I'm like you know it it shows how important language and how uh, You know, no good deed goes unpunished because in listening to that, I'm like, you go, the gal that shared the story, because it's an embarrassing thing to acknowledge that this happened to you at any age. I mean, right. it was upsetting for Grace. Uh, It's just that reducing it down to, you know, I'm somebody that's older and this shouldn't happen to me versus a college kid or a party animal who you would expect it to happen to. I'm like, you know what? We live in a world, sadly, where everybody has to expect it, but nobody should have to deal with it. So that's just a point, And that is not a criticism of this woman at all. That is, uh, I think, residual frustration from the experience that Grace had when she was at uh, Mass General and they treated her like she's another drunk college girl, Um And then the last thing that I will say is uh, this Facebook group, and I've heard of this in other places as well, they share this idea that all of us should be sharing with loved ones and our favorite bars or restaurants or pubs or wherever we hang out, this idea of the angel shot. Have you ever heard of this, Eric? No. So the angel shot is not actually liquor at all. It's code. And so if, uh, particularly, particularly a woman, but obviously anybody can use this, if you ask for an angel shot neat or straight up, it means that you need an escort to the car.
0: Okay. Yes, I, I have heard of this. Okay. Uh, didn't know what it was called. Yep. yep.
1: Uh, if you ask for an angel shot on ice, that means that the patron needs a taxi or an Uber called for them. Uh, and lastly, if you ask for an angel shot that is with lime or a twist, that means that servers, staff, whomever it is, should actually call the police um, because there's something going on. And so it's a low key way to indicate what's going on. And You know, this is a great thing. Um, I know that, you know, on TikTok and other places, there's like this hand gesture that you could make. No, not that hand gesture, mom, not the little finger sticking up. A different one, if you've been abducted that people say have saved their lives, they recognize the hand gesture and, you know, they know that something's going on. Well, this is another thing that is a very simple way to get it out there. And so let your favorite bars know, let your favorite restaurants know. Uh, and let loved ones know that they have some recourse. Um, So anyway, so good for GMA for talking about this. Good for Melanie, who started this Facebook group. I know there's others like it. Uh, Good for all of the people that are willing, like Grace, like this other gal, uh, that are willing to talk about it and not to normalize it, but to actually empower other women to say, you know what, this isn't okay. And go ahead and even if you can't find the drugs in your system, file a police report. Now we know. Uh, so when you know better, you do better. And, you know, whether it's in Boston or in other cities around the country and the world, people need to know that this is on the rise. Um, okay. So on a lighter note, because I feel like I need to have a lighter note, uh, Thank you again, I think, to J.D. Winnikin and to Bruce Flammer, who did a great job of hosting, roasting, and toasting me last week in my absence. I have to say, I got an opportunity to listen to the show one night uh, while I was in Italy, and I was in turns flushing from the embarrassment of how lovely and kind and complimentary they were and furious— About, like, what? What do you mean I'm always late? (laughs) And, you know, some other observations that they made.
0: Think about it this way. (laughs) They had to fill an hour. (laughs) So it was such an overwhelming love fest. If you didn't include the occasional minor critique of you it would have just seemed like a straight-up infomercial for Stacey,
1: which i mean i don't hate i'm not mad at it (laughs) well and poor eric so out of the whole thing like jd i just basically said to jd here's the reins to the show write the description of the show afterwards send it to eric godspeed you know you know he has a he mentioned on the show he's got a couple of his own shows that he does one here on KKNW called this show is all about you and another that he does uh with Tony Santabria on Warm 106 that's called um breaking up with our bs mm-hmm. and so and then Bruce of course has wisdom from the wardrobe that's here on KKNW so he they um they didn't plan much. I think JD just like pulled Bruce in because Bruce was around. And so it was very spontaneous. And poor Eric. I'm like, what do you mean you don't listen to my weekly stacey And because JD didn't really give him a heads up about the questions that he was going to ask, Eric was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what to say. It's not that I really don't listen, but I am multitasking, by the way. And he is. I mean, his job, he's actually not paid to just listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) He has other things going on. Um, But, you know, I had to give him a hard time. It's my way of saying, I missed you, Eric. (laughs) Oh,
0: well, I missed you as well.
1: So, um, anyway, they did. But
0: I I feel like you should be flattered. I mean, because, you know, we literally spent the hour singing your praises.
1: Oh, I I was so, the funny thing is I was listening to it and uh, Pete came in and he was like, what are you listening to? And I said, well, I'm listening to see how the show went because I got a text from mom saying, oh my gosh, I loved the show. And so I had to find out what happened in my absence. And so I was listening to it. And of course, Pete, ever the one to keep my head uh, human sized, was like, (sighs) Whatever. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, of course mom likes it because they're, they're saying such wonderful things about her. Like, hi, Joan. Bye, Joan. What's up, Joan? Joan's so great. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so anyway, they did a great job. I am super grateful. And it was an embarrassment of riches, really. So uh, do we have somebody that called in?
0: Oh, we have Grace uh, ready to join us whenever you're ready.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Grace, uh, feel free to join. I was just about to talk about how J.D., after hosting in my absence one freaking episode, was already talking about the next time I'm away and how he wants to do a show with Grace so that they can discuss Marvel. So uh, any comment, Grace? Oh, hello.
2: Um, yes, I want to publicly accept this verbal pay-per-view fight that I think is going to happen. Uh, I was literally listening to it on my walk home from class, and my blood was, like, boiling. Just with the way he was describing it. I was like, you've got it all wrong. Not that I, I mean, I don't like Captain America. But regardless, point is, I, I accept. So, that being said, if you do go to a villa in Croatia and I'm invited, <laughs> I'll have to say no. <laughs> but
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. So, yes. I mean, so you're so I might have to look on the calendar at a future date when I don't have a scheduled guest. And I kind of like the whole pay for view thing. And maybe we yeah. could have like in this corner we have Iron Man and in this corner we have
2: Captain America. I think that they may have already made that movie in um, Captain America Civil War, but it could be like a part two.
0: I was going to say, the Civil War is over, folks.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) let's have a rehash then. (laughs) I know. Let's do what's a super healthy mentality and let's scratch it. Old, deep wounds.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Duh. I'm pretty sure Tawny would agree with that too.
1: (laughs) I'm sure she would. Yeah. I, I decided that I wasn't going to do a Stasi-ism today because I knew I was going to go a little long, but a hint at next week's... And
0: here, I was all prepared to write oh, this one down. Okay,
1: well, then <laughs> here we go. It's about playing old tapes. Uh, Pete talks about it a lot. And when you're at work and you have a coworker or something going on, or let's say, uh, you know, Grace, maybe she judges J.D. on the, the views that he has about Iron Man, right? And so... When you interact with somebody, you're playing old tapes. And so we need to make sure that we certainly have those tapes in the back of our head, but they can't dominate our future interactions as well. So there's your, there's your Stacey as
2: America. Fantastic. So if so you have one more thing take to, that note one to about heart. the GMA thing, yes. I actually saw a TikTok today about a girl who also goes to Northeastern who the same thing happened to her mm-hmm. and same treatment at. Uh, Math General didn't get tested or anything, but I did learn that Northeastern actually has free rehypnol testing. Really? Yeah. So for people who are denied testing at other hospitals, you can get tested at the university. So I thought that was an interesting thing that was kind of a good thing to come out of it.
1: That is a good thing to come out of it. Is that something that they've offered for a while, or is that as a result of this increase, uh, the, the spike I'm in not
2: spiking? Sure. The spike in spikes. Yeah, I'm not sure, Um, but I just, I didn't, I think they should advertise it more regardless, but yeah, I saw that and I was like, huh, that would have been good to know. That
1: would have been good to know. Uh, They should have like a a QR code in bathrooms. uh, Exactly. That, you know, hey, if you're a a Northeastern student, like, you know, take this. So if you ever find yourself in a situation, you've got it in your phone. Uh, If you could get on that, Grace, that would be great. I know you're busy with uh, grad school and all, but you know. In your free time. No, yeah, I'll get on that. That'd be I already, great.
2: I already commented on the TikTok. I said, let's rise up. So we oh, have oh, it in motion. There we go. Excellent. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to say hello. Um, also, hi, Mimi. But I'll let you guys continue. All
1: right. Well, uh, thanks for the the call in. And uh, hopefully you feel like all of my points that I made about the GMA episode are or segment are fair and valid. Um, yes. Like I said, totally not being critical of anybody that is bringing to the attention this issue. Super fan about it. Uh, and, you know, love it. And, again, super proud of you and the fact that you are uh, willing to talk about it. And you're one of those brave people that are like, this is not okay. Um, and, honestly, if uh, if I was a betting lady, I will bet on you when it comes to this pay-per-view between you and J.D.
2: Thank you. I, I'm gonna put my points down. Put pen to paper tonight.
1: Oh, this is good. This is really okay. good. I'm I'm I might literally watch all the movies. Okay well, okay. Uh let's get through the end of the the uh semester first and then you can do it. Yeah, that. you're right. Okay. Just being mom right. there for a minute. Um Well, thanks for the call in Grace. Of course, of course. Have a great rest of your show. Thanks. Keep listening. Love you. I will. Love you. Bye. Oh Like nothing like being a mom on the radio. Um, Okay, so this is a good time for a break. So let's take a break. And then when we come back, I'm going to tell you some highlights and lowlights of my trip to Italy. Keep listening to Stacey Connects. We'll be
2: back.
0: You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150.
1: Welcome back to Stacy Connects. So uh, before the break, I was catching up on some uh, past uh, follow-up stuff. But now let me take you on a journey overseas to Rome. So this whole thing happened because a friend of mine... Uh, Five years ago, she had the opportunity, she has a, I don't know if Marilyn is her first cousin or second cousin, but a cousin, nevertheless, uh, who has a villa, she and her husband have a villa in Umbria in Italy. So I learned that Umbria is like the the green basket, or as we call the bread basket of the country. So a lot of the grapes and a lot of the olive oils are uh, harvested there and so it's sort of this spot in the middle of the country it's like Tuscany adjacent so uh she had this opportunity to go and harvest the olives 5 years ago then this crazy little thing called a pandemic happened and uh Marilyn and Rob also have other family and friends and so you kind of have to get in line and so now 5 years later uh Lee collected uh five other couples besides her and her husband to take this journey And so each of us kind of did our own thing. We had a a certain time that we were meeting. Pete and I decided to do Rome first as he had some work things that he had to come back for right after the harvest. Uh, Whereas most of the other couples, actually, I think all of the other couples stayed on and were going to various places. So that is what prompted this trip. And... We have been to Florence when Annie did a semester abroad. We have been to Sicily when Pete's whole family decided to do Christmas in Sicily. And so I've been to Italy before, but this was my first time in Rome. So we we arrived in Rome and, of course, got there at a very early hour. And the hotel, they were not ready for us, but you've got to love that they will hold your suitcases. And so... At you know nine o'clock in the morning, we were like, "Oh my gosh, so used their bathroom, changed, freshened up, took what some would call a French shower, a little perfume, brushed my teeth I'm ready to go um and we started walking, and it was an interesting thing uh for the For the time that I was in college, I was contemplating being an art history major because, you know, that's a really lucrative career and learned a lot about Roman art. And for some reason, it didn't like Rome felt like, you know, like Greece and all of the like the the Parthenon and all of these things. Um, And you learn all about the architecture and the columns and all of that. And it was like, as, as educated as I am, it was like, oh, Rome's like a whole other country. So wandering around Rome, it was like such a weird thing to be like, oh, there's the Pantheon. And, you know, like, there's this and there's that. And here's this, this sculpture or this monument that I learned about in art history. And... It's, you know, this crazy city with tons of very small cars going very fast with no seeming organization at all. Lots of motorbikes and Vespas. Um very uh energetic city. And I mean fairly modern, right? You like you're walking down the street and there's all these cafes and it's like, oh, there's the Gucci store and, you know, there's the Lego store and Here's this and here's that. And then, you know, you literally trip on, like, the top of a column piece that had fallen to the ground at some point. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that. You know, we're just in the habit of walking around it. So it was just a very interesting juxtaposition between the old and the new. And I will say I have really come to appreciate tours where people can really give you – the narration to what you're seeing because you can see these sites and I learned about them years ago in art history and you just learn about them, but you really don't get it until somebody is putting it in historical context. I'm like, Oh, like this is old. Um, so anyway, so we wandered around and we happened to wander into a gallery where the painter Raoul Dufay uh, was having an art exhibit. Raoul is long since dead. Um, He was an uh, impressionist for a bit. He was a a falvist for a bit. Think colorful, lively paintings. And so it was hot and my feet hurt. And so going into a gallery and seeing unexpectedly a favorite artist, that was kind of nice. Um, and we could take our time. And so that was just a bonus. Uh, then of course we found a little cafe on a side street, which Rome is essentially nothing but little side streets. Um, and we had one of Rome's four most popular pasta types, carbonara, and it was delicious. Have you ever had carbonara? Do you know what it is?
0: I haven't, but. Isn't all pasta essentially the same?
1: Oh, <laughs> Eric! No, I mean so, it's shaped
0: in different shapes, right? I don't even it's a know different you cut right now. Of noodle, but <laughs> essentially the flavor for pasta, unless you're talking like Asian noodles or whatever, is a is the same flavor.
1: Like every Italian everywhere is rolling in their grave, past, present, and future, right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Um so first of all, it depends on the type of flour that you make the pasta with. Right. Um there's a ratio of usually regular flour to semolina. Do you use egg in it? So is it an egg pasta? Um and then Okay,
0: so there's like the potato like gnocchi right. and then there's like a egg noodle pasta. But generally speaking, if you're talking like your spaghettis, your linguinis, your pennies, it's I, all the same. I, <laughs> it's different cuts or different shapes. It's
1: a blank shapes. canvas, yes. right? Exactly. So yeah. It's a blank canvas. And, and don't so, get me wrong.
0: I love pasta, but it is all the same.
1: It, okay. <laughs> so, yes, it is a blank canvas. And so in um in Rome, there's four different types of pasta that are particularly – um. Prevalent, carbonara being one, which is essentially, it has something, I think it's called guanciale. It's basically like a bacon. So you deep fry uh, this particular cut of meat, and then you have egg in it and cheese. And so it's like a white sauce almost. it's
0: fantastic.
1: Unbelievable. Um, and I love that the Italians, now I'm sure that they don't drink all day. It's just the tourists that are sitting there drinking all day, and so you have this false sense that everyone is just sitting around eating and drinking all day. But I got to tell you, it was really nice uh, because, you know, you you stop in, and you're totally being hustled. It's like, oh, stop here, and, you know, whatever. And as a tourist, you have this sense that, like, well, if there's a lot of people there, it must be good. Well, right. <laughs> we got really- Probably
0: a lot of people everywhere, though.
1: <laughs> well- we experienced this phenomenon where there was a restaurant that we walked by and, you know, the food looked decent and we were tired and we didn't want to walk anymore. So we sat down, we ordered lunch, and then once people start seeing that you're sitting there, they start sitting. So the next thing you know is all these people started sitting there. So, I mean, for about a half an hour in Italy, we were trendsetters. We just made people feel good about their choice. Um, so anyway... From that moment on, Pete was on a quest to have all four different types of pasta. (laughs) He's a good Italian. Okay, but
0: so did the pasta taste different uh, than what we'll find over here?
1: So I think it is about um, how it's cooked. So I would make the argument that, you know— it's fresh pasta, most likely, versus the dried pasta that we're uh-huh. getting in the grocery store. So that comes into play, right? Okay,
0: but did it taste different? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: But I will also acknowledge that it could be the environment that I was in. and let's, That makes a huge difference. Let's face it, we eat with our eyes and right. all of our senses, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to fully acknowledge that like, everything tastes better when you're in the environment from whence it came.
0: Not to mention, if you've just been walking around, you're exhausted and hungry, and you get something, that that's going to be phenomenal, really. Right, you know?
1: and it it did not disappoint Excellent. the senses. So, that's fantastic. Um, And so then the hotel where we stayed, they had this awesome rooftop bar that overlooked the city. They had gin and tonics. They had olives, and it was amazing. Um, so that was the first day. Now, (laughs) funny thing happened, um, that day. We were supposed to, like, good little, uh, people, um, or maybe it was the next night, go on a food tour, but that didn't happen. Jet lag. Um, but the next day, we went to the mouth of truth. Now, have you ever seen the movie Roman Holiday? Audrey Hepburn, Gregory Peck.
0: I don't think that I've seen it.
1: Okay, so it's a... It's a classic. I want to say that it's the one of, if not the first movie that Audrey Hepburn ever did. Like Hollywood fell in love with her. She played a princess that basically um, gets away for the day and spends the day with Gregory Peck, who is a reporter who knows who she is, but she doesn't know that. And so they whiz around on scooters and small little cars uh, the city of Rome, and our hotel essentially looked over where this mouth of truth was. So that was really cool. So to start that off right off the bat, I was like, oh, my gosh, got to go to the mouth of truth and see if my hand gets cut off. It did not. Of course, I didn't tell is, a lie. Not,
0: is that something that's in the movie?
1: So it's uh, the legend has it that, first of all, what they think it is is like an old drainage pipe or something. Um, I mean, when I say old, I mean, like this thing is from like. Forever ago. Um, But everything had a purpose and it had beauty. And it weighs like three tons or something crazy. And the legend goes that uh, this woman had cheated on her husband, and they would go to the mouth of truth, and you had to uh, tell the truth. And if you didn't tell the truth, then when you put your hand in the mouth, your hand would be cut off. And so apparently, the woman told her lover to act crazy and to come up and just randomly kiss her. And so he did, and so then the question was, have you ever kissed a man that's not your husband? And she said, no. I mean, aside from that crazy man that just kissed me, she was smart, and so her hand was not cut off. Uh, But apparently in medieval times, they did have somebody that was behind the mouth, I don't know if this is true or not, that uh, would take a sword and cut off your hand if they had deemed that you were lying.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> right?
0: The, Rome the,
1: was a bloodthirsty place. Yeah,
0: I, I had to look this up, by the way, the the Boca della Verita. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just a mask of a dude that looks kind of like Zeus, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, with an open mouth. And uh, it's a, a big, round mask, I Almost guess. Almost like
1: a medallion, it looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah. But okay.
1: it's massive. Um, And so that was just kind of a fun thing because like that day ended up being a very Roman holiday day because we went to the Trevi Fountain where you throw in a coin and typically you're making a wish to come back. Um, There's all the little touristy shops of all of the things that struck me when I was walking by all of these shops. The thing that really struck me was the priest calendar now. This is not really so surprising. Let's face it, as a Catholic, our Pope is, a, is you know, he's at the Vatican, which is in Vatican City, located in Rome. There are, Rome is lousy with uh, religious orders. I mean, you see folks walking around all different types of religious orders. This just felt wrong, though, because it was like young, hot priests. I kid you not, it was like, like the priest of the month. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs>
0: So they're having some fun with it.
1: They are having some fun with it, but it fe- I don't get upset about this stuff very often, and it just felt sacrilegious. You're felt talking wrong.
0: like merchandise or whatever? It was
1: literally just a calendar, and it's okay, not like so they were- so it's like the
0: hot firefighters, right. hot priests. Yes,
1: <laughs> and it's not like they were undressed <laughs> okay. or anything. They were uh-huh. all wearing their vestments and whatever, there but still, I'm like, first of all, I hope that they're actually real priests. Second of all, I hope the proceeds are going to some cause- Third of all, it's hard enough for young priests that can't get married and very often have or or have to take a vow of celibacy. (sighs) Anyway, okay. Yeah, I'm a little little riled by the priest calendar. Um, Then we had dinner at this place around the corner from the Trevi Fountain. And I have to tell you, it doesn't matter if you don't speak a language. You can see a dynamic between people because the husband and wife that owned this Little restaurant. The food was amazing. The service was impeccable. It was such an amazing experience. We sat down next to a couple, also American. Shocking, I know. Uh, He actually spoke pretty fluent Italian, which was very impressive. Uh, But watching the husband and... The wife, like, she is clearly in control of the money. Everybody comes to her to pay. He's the long-suffering husband who I feel like the restaurant was in. I'm totally projecting, by the way, just so we're clear. Um, I feel like the restaurant was handed down to him. And, you know, she's like, oh, for God's sakes, you're like an old man. Get out of my way. And then they had the son that was, like, working. And I'm pretty sure that – uh he and one of the servers were maybe having a relationship and it's on the down low because mom and dad wouldn't approve. So yeah, I got all of that without actually understanding a thing.
0: So you like to fill in the stories.
1: <laughs> um, I like to tell the stories, Eric.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: um, and so then that night we had to walk off the meal. So we went to the Spanish steps because, you know, blisters, a plate of pasta, this time, uh, Cacio Pepe, which is uh, a cheese and pepper sauce on, again, pasta, um, it, it seems like a good idea to walk up a lot of stairs. And uh, so we took Burned an Uber. off some of those carbs. Yes, but we totally took an Uber back to the oh. hotel. Um, so the next morning- <laughs> we, we were on vacation. We were on vacation. <laughs> Got to
0: rest your feet. Exactly. At some point, right?
1: For the Vatican, which was the next day. Okay. So this is where things went a little sideways. So, dinner the night before was really good. Don't Uh, tell me
0: you got excommunicated.
1: I didn't. Okay. I almost (laughs) did, though, because the night before I had a little rumbly in my tummy and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. uh, But I'll be fine. What could happen? I'm going to the Vatican. I get to go to the Sistine Chapel on a small tour. I'm going to St. Peter's Square. This is going to be great. So, I rallied because I'm a good soldier. And I made it. It was a three-hour tour ending with the Sistine Chapel and then St. Peter's Square. So I made it through two and a half hours, Eric, of this tour. There we are in the Sistine Chapel. There it is. The Last Judgment, like the famous frescoes, the whole thing. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't feel so good. And so I said to Pete, I got to go. Which, for some reason, after 30 years of marriage, this is the one time that he thought I meant, like, I'm going to get some air or I'm going to go hang out with the tour guide who was waiting just on the other side of the room. Uh, In 30 years, it's always meant, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So, I have to figure out a way to get out and find a bathroom. Well, naturally, there's no bathroom nearby. Mm -hmm. It's, like, at the end of the tour. So... Stacy zoomed past probably amazing, precious, fabulous things that are, like, iconic in my Catholic tradition, and I jetted past those things like nobody's business, made it to the bathroom.
0: See ya, Michelangelo. I
1: was like, (laughs) holy heller, and made it to the bathroom where I may or may not have basically passed out. And... Then made my way back to the Sistine Chapel, which is like being a salmon swimming upstream because it's like the guards are like, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, I know, but I had to use the bathroom and that's where the rest of my tour is. So I get to the Sistine Chapel. No one's there. I mean, lots of people are there. But Pete's gone. The tour guide's gone. And the other couple we were with, gone. They ditched me. And so I'm like, well, now what? So I tried to get out the door that leads to St. Peter's Square, but you have to be guided by your tour guide. And so I'm sitting in the Sistine Chapel, and I'm clearly not feeling great. And I'm feeling a little sorry for myself. And then I gave myself a stern talking to, and I'm like, for God's sakes, you're in the Sistine Chapel. Stop sulking. Look up. Say a prayer. Offer it up. All the things my mom always says. And... So I just was kind of like, all right. And so I enjoyed the view for a while. And then I'm pretty sure God said, just get out of there. Nobody's coming back for you. It's every man for himself. <laughs> and so I headed to the exit and I met Pete outside. And let's just say the rest of the day was spent at the hotel. So that was exciting. Uh, but it is fun to know that if you want take in pizza. It's delicious and it comes on a Vespa. So Pete ordered pizza because we weren't going to go out and get dinner. And went in Rome. Went in Rome. So that's what we did. Um so that was amazing. And then the next day we went to the Colosseum and the Forum. And that was an amazing tour. The woman who took us on the tour, uh she is one of four girls, definitely the tomboy. Yeah, I'm totally filling in a narrative here. Um uh studied archaeology, and she was just super sassy, and I loved her for it because she charmed her way into, like, everything and, like, being in the front of everything. And we did the underground tour, and that was fascinating. And, again, the whole historical uh, sort of context of it is just an amazing thing to do. I highly recommend spend the extra money on doing these tours and spend the extra money on um, doing the underground tour or anything that you can do that's in a smaller group. It's so worth it if you can afford to do it. Um, And then we got to the Roman Forum and I was like, oh, is this an olive tree? Which is sort of a dumb thing to ask, but you know, I'd never seen one necessarily in real life. And she's like, yes. And she proceeds to rip a branch off and she hands it to me. And I'm like, I I feel like this is illegal. Like, these olive (laughs) trees have probably been here since before Jesus. Like, what? And so that was a little overwhelming. But I did bring it to our host in Umbria. And they plan to plant it with their other 300 olive trees. Or it's uh, currently dying in the little vase in the window where I left it. Um, So... That was an amazing experience. And then we ended the whole thing. Our bow was one of those um, awful and amazing hop on, hop off tours. Because again, when you're going to all these individual spots or you're walking or you're doing whatever, um, those bus rides to be able to, like we didn't hop on or hop off. We just stayed on and we were able to tie all of Rome up in a nice neat bow and see how everything was you know, where it was in relationship to everything else. And then it was time to head to the train station. So let's take a quick break because I don't have much more to tell you about the olive harvesting. And it's important. So we'll be right back.
0: Do you feel like you're stuck in a style rut? If so, take the first step on your journey and go to MichaelBruceImageConsulting.com. Fill out their simple personal style assessment and schedule a complimentary, no obligation, 20-minute style consultation. Let the experts help you gain some perspective on your style challenges. Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolfe, she's a fixer. Who gets things done with style, practical like Dr. Ruth? Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects. It's her superpower. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back to Stacey Connects. So I have been doing a speed round version of my trip to Italy because I know you're all just dying to know about this. Um, So the last night in... Rome, and I may be off on my timeline, but none of you really know, so it doesn't matter. Uh, We actually went to this woman's house, and she uh, hosted—by this time, we had connected with my friend Lee and her husband, and uh, another couple who were soon to become friends, Wanda and Michael, and the six of us had dinner with this gal who made this traditional Roman meal at her home in her dining room, and it was— Unbelievable. And it was such a cool experience. And the art that she had in her house, I was obsessed. And she seems to know everybody. And so now I want to be best friends with her. So I'm working on that. uh, But I think I'm going to need to slowly ingratiate myself. Um, So then we headed to the train the next day and we arrived in uh, Orvieto. And we learned what a funicular is, uh, which is basically like a gondola that takes you up, it's like an elevator, that takes you up a really steep hill.
0: Yeah, I rode one of those in Paris.
1: It was really cool. Yeah. And I did like a time-lapse thing. The so The that... cool thing
0: with the Paris one is it's part of the metro system. Oh.
1: So if you've got
0: the metro pass, you can just ride it like you were taking the subway. That's cool. And it takes you right up to uh, Sacre Cuore.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and this takes you right up to, like, every town in Italy seems to have, like, the piazza. And so it takes you up to the center um, plaza, and there you are. So we had a little time to kill before a driver came and picked us up, along with a few other couples. We were all kind of meeting. And then we headed to Marion and Rob's villa. And nothing can quite prepare you for, A, the Italian countryside, um, and, B, when you pull up to someone's house and it's just, like, every single thing is picturesque. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, And basically, over the next couple of days, they have about 300 olive trees. We harvested those olives, pulling them down, putting them into nets— they have a team of people that then collect them. We, a few days later, took them to the mill where they wash them, process them, macerate them, press them, and it becomes olive oil. And it is so green and almost fluorescent, and it was unbelievable. I know I'm rushing through the process, but I literally have like four minutes. Um, but it was truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping to get invited back. But, you know, you can't take these things for granted. Uh the other thing that we did that was unbelievable is we went on a uh we went truffle hunting. So, uh Erica and Dave are one of the other couples and they live uh here in the Seattle area and they like to forage for mushrooms and and do that kind of thing. And so they arranged a opportunity to go foraging for mushrooms. And when I say that, I mean we met a couple, we all piled into two cars with their dog, uh, Barto, and Barto ran, sniffed out where the truffles are, would dig, and then Maurizio would take his little chisel and sort of loosen up the truffle, and then one of us would pretend that we got the truffle and take a picture of it, like we had just won a goldfish at a fair. Uh but it was such a cool thing to see and we found over the course of this hour long hike in the woods behind like a community park um six meatball sized truffles that probably go for a lot of money and this is a uh passion termed side hustle for this guy Maurizio and it was amazing and then we rounded out the trip with Day trips to Montefalco, where we got to go to a winery and a textile place um a trip to assisi like think saint Francis of assisi um, and the number of duomos piazzas uh wine uh walkways, cobblestones, pottery olive oil pastas that I consumed, looked at observed appreciated is uh like last week's show an embarrassment of riches it makes you feel uh just so grateful that you get to see it so it was unbelievable and then of course uh the whole thing ended and we had to fly back and uh so then it made me want to watch all old movies on the ride home because I was like now I gotta watch like Fred Astaire and I watched Roman Holiday and I don't know, you go on a trip like that where you spend a lot of time interacting with people in their natural habitat where everything is slower and people are more present. And uh, it makes you not be in a rush to come back to the grind, if you will. And I came back with olive oil, which I'm not sharing. I love you, Eric, but you may not have my olive oil unless you come to my house for dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds nice. uh, But I do have plenty of olive oil at home, so I'm not worried
1: You don't have this (laughs) olive oil, but that's fine. You're also the man that said like pastas, pastas, pasta. Um, So anyway. Uh, I'm sure it's fantastic
0: though, because fresh pressed anything is going to be much better than anything in a bottle uh, in your cabinet for five years in my case.
1: (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, So it was a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Marilyn and Rob who own the villa and, uh, Truly, I really want to have them come on the show because they are fascinating. And uh, aside from my parents, they're probably a uh, couple goals for me to see how interesting and independent they are and generous. Um, and thanks, of course, to Lee. Thanks to JD and Bruce for pinch hitting last week. Thanks to you, Eric, and to Grace. And go. I'll be back next week.
0: Fantastic.
1: Hasta la vista. Oops, wrong language. <laughs> I <laughs> don't